Hi everyone, this is Anna, and you're listening to my podcast on Heaven and Hell. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Summer Reading Plan. We are finishing up Romans chapter 3 today. We're just looking at 10 verses. It's Romans 3 verses 21 through 31. And they're piggybacking off of what we read yesterday and what we read the day before that and the day before that and the day before that, of course. We know that Paul is writing this letter to the Romans to share the message of the gospel. But so far, all we've heard about is how sinful we are and that we are sinners and that what the law did, the law of the Old Testament, what it did is that it revealed how sinful we are and how much we need a Savior. Yesterday, we talked about how Paul wrote for one more purpose, which was to um, address ethnicity issues in the church, to talk about the Jews and the Gentiles. And he would have had to do this because there would have been Jews that said, well, we are God's chosen people. And so we have, you know, that going for us. But what Paul is saying is that we're all on the same playing field. We're all on the same level when it comes to sinfulness that level being we are all sinful let me just let Paul say it like only he can um, in verse chapter 3 it's the second part of verse 22 and then verse 23 says for there is no distinction for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God there you have it that sums it up everyone no one is exempt Jew, Gentile, Roman, Greek, male, female, all have fallen short of the glory of God. We, we can't do enough. We can't be enough. Um, we talked about that yesterday with the law. We can't follow enough rules. We can't walk a straight enough line to save us. But we know someone who can. That's the message of the gospel. So we're getting there. Now, in this next section, Paul's going to use a really big word. It's a word that I remember hearing when I was a kid in church and not having a clue what it meant. And I'll be honest, as I studied in preparation for this, I had to look it up to make sure that I knew. And so I want to share that with you today. And I just want to remind you in your Bible study that as you're reading, if there's something you don't understand, stop, ask a question, look it up, pull out a resource book. Don't just skip over it because once we figure out what this word means, the one I'm going to share with you in a minute, it's going to make this make so much more sense and it's so much more meaningful too. The word is propitiation. So let me read the scripture. I'm reading from the English Standard Version and I'm going to go back to verse 23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift. We know what justification means. It means we're made right with God. And that and it says that it's a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So this all makes sense so far. We are sinners, but God made us right, put us in a right standing with him through his grace. And it was a gift. But verse 25 says, whom God, talking about Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. So he put forth Jesus as a propitiation. What in the world does that mean? Well, I looked it up. 
And when you look up the word propitiation, it says the act of propitiating or appeasing God. So it uses the word in the definition. And we all know that's a no-no. So it gives a synonym here, which is atonement. So let's talk about what atonement means. Atonement is like a reparation for a wrong. It means to um, reconcile. That's a good word. It's the reconciliation of God and man. That's what he did. So when Jesus came forward as a propitiation for our sin, what he did was he made it right. A price had to be paid for sin. And Jesus paid it. It's the old hymn. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. He paid the price for sin. There had to be atonement. There had to be a sacrifice. That's where um, we talked yesterday. What advantage has the Jew? And Paul said that the Jews were entrusted with the oracles of God. Well, if we go back to the Old Testament and to the law, we see that when there was sin, this is something that God trusted to the Jews was the law, um, that where there was sin, there had to be atonement. There had to be a price that was paid. And Jesus came and he paid that price. He was our propitiation. Here's an example. Just a week or so ago, we were at church and I was door grading and my granddad walked up. He said, how, he was joking with me. He said, how much are you charging folks to get in today? I said, nothing. Admission is free. And he said, oh, I see what you did there. I said, actually, it's already been paid. Ha ha, church jokes, I tell you. But it's not a joke. We, we should have paid for our sin. The penalty of sin is death. We should have paid for it. But Jesus came and he paid the price. And that is the message of the gospel. Now, let's not miss the last thing Paul says in this chapter because it's so good. He says, is he the God of Jews only? Is he not also the God of the Gentiles? Verse 30, since God is one who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith. So he says, can we boast? Do, what do we have to boast about? We have nothing to boast about because we're saved through our faith in Jesus. Righteousness by works would be something to boast about. If we could follow the rules good enough to be saved, we could brag on ourselves. But righteousness through faith and by faith gives us no room to boast because it's all about believing in the work of Jesus on the cross. Ooh, I am so thankful that he paid the price so that I don't have to. And I just can't imagine what we're going to get into next in chapter in chapter four. So you guys join me tomorrow and we'll get started on chapter four and we're going to just keep on going. Thank you for listening and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Oh.